the Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. My, oh my, we're back. Uh, another week, another, another week. pod. That's right. Uh, so, no guests this week, but stick around, folks. Um, we've had some things kind of on the back burner that we've been wanting to bring up, and the the opportunity hadn't presented itself with a guest. So what better way to do it than just uh, Corey and myself, um, a lot of controversial topics, a lot of things we've been thinking about. And yeah, a lot- this, there's nothing controversial about what we're talking about. There, it's county fair season. That's right. Jersey. That's right. It's county. I mean, it's county fair season, and uh, and there's some some people hanging on to the past. That's right. That is right. Nothing controversial here. This is just facts we're about to discuss. <laughs> yeah, I can't just wait facts. For it. Uh, stay tuned because this will get good. Uh, speaking of county fun. fair season, it'll be fun. Uh, Walton is about at all of them. Uh, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, the summer spectacular was going on. They had a, um, barrel racing deal that I watched for a little bit. Sounds like, really? Walton, oh yeah. Sounds like the potential is very, very high in the equestrian rodeo arena for going to get into it for Walton webcasting. Yeah. Uh, so I was, uh, listening to, I was flipping through all about every single show that Walton was at. Uh, I was, I was flipping through them there, uh, last weekend. So, um, I was watching the St. Joe's County Fair. Um, oh yeah, and uh, Ryan Rash were judging that, but better yet, Ben and Nate Lenig were commentating it. Uh, Nate was more so the than uh, the than Ben because he had to get going. But um, shout out to Nate by the way. He gave us a really really good shout out. I uh, appreciate that. Um, but anyway, he was Greg was there. Uh, in St. Joe's County, and he was kind of talking about, uh, before off-air, he was kind of talking about the potential of what this rodeo deal could really turn into because they are seeing what amazing things they're doing in the show stock world and how they got started in the sports world. So I was just sitting there thinking about, like, when I watch it on TV, I'm like, holy crap, of course Walton could do that. So we'll see in the, in the Midwest, we don't always get like normal NFR channels or right. uh, anything like, like to watch a good rodeo. That's not just bull riding and PBR style. I mean, I enjoy that. Don't get me wrong, but like, I love the roping events. I love, I love bulldogging because honestly, I feel like in a past life, I probably have the build <laughs> of a steer wrestler. And yep. uh, if I, if I wasn't scared to go 50 miles an hour on a horse, uh, we, we might be, doing a podcast about doing that instead of showing livestock. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, Walton is, uh, anyway, yeah. If Walton brings it to us, that would be great. I mean, that, that would be awesome. Uh, so uh, of course we wouldn't expect anything less than the the, the diversification that Walton is continues to show us. So, uh, love their support of continued support of the podcast. Uh, we are still looking to schedule our first video cast, but as we said in one of our first episodes, that might take a little bit to schedule. We got a lot of things going on, so uh, anyways, we will we'll work and, on yeah. that. I, uh, I was actually looking at my calendar with my wife the other night. I don't have a free weekend until like the third week in September. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, we are going to bring the video cast to life. Uh, 
Yeah. We just, we got, we got to figure out our schedule. Yeah. It's tough as you, as you driving, farming, working, whatever it is, takes a long time to do stuff, but maybe we, it doesn't take a long time. Yeah. It doesn't take a long time to book a sale or schedule (laughs) a e-blast. If you go to showpig.com. That's true. You know, the people over in uh, in Dublin, Ohio, that is where the headquarters is, right? Yep, yep just Dublin. pretty close to it. Plain City. Plain City, yeah. Dublin is the uh, high rent district, is that right? That's right. <laughs> uh, Plain City might be a little more more affordable. Uh, yes, but uh, showpig.com, Show Cattle Connection, the Wint Group, uh, incredible folks. We are uh, excited to continue our partnership with them. As you know, if you listen to us week to week, showpig.com is uh, at the forefront and leading the pack in show pig sales. And not only that, but they can help you with marketing. They can build your website. And uh, I'm just telling you, what's their sub- email subscriber list? Like 18,000. Oh yeah. At wouldn't, least you like, wouldn't you like to, I mean, I get it. My phone blows up every day with emails coming through and if you have not signed up for that and you're looking to buy show pigs or sell show pigs and you want to see what other people are doing, then sign up for that. Maybe yep. that list will grow to 20,000 next time we talk to them. But anyway, love our friends at show pig and show cattle connection. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I saw a deal uh, real quick on Facebook that Ashley judge is now a sales rep uh, for show cattle connection. And yep. she made the point that they are much easier to use than Facebook and we're all on Facebook. So that's simplicity at its best right there. So Yeah, there's still some people that don't know how to use Facebook. So <laughs> thank God. <laughs> thank uh thank the big man upstairs for allowing show connection to be easier to use than Facebook. So no like kidding. that. Big time. Well, um so I've uh I've I've had a holy buckets moment and it comes with uh a shout out. Um I think that's where we're at now with with uh, holy buckets. It doesn't necessarily have to be livestock related, although that's kind of what we live and breathe. But uh, this one kind of does and kind of doesn't. Um, so any of you who are keeping an eye on the lumber market uh, will will truly appreciate that, especially if you're trying to redo or build a show barn like I am. Um, this this was a holy buckets moment all caps. So the shout out goes to one of my uh, show dads, the one of the families that I help, uh, Mr. Jim Wills. He, uh, we were sitting at a show and he said, you know, hey, how's the show barn coming? We were kind of small talking and I said, well, it's good. It's just lumber's crazy high and I need to get this and that and OSB and, you know, adding it to the list. And he's like, how much OSB you need? And I said, well, I've you know, and I laid out my whole thing of uh, the bottom third. I'd like to put this and cover it with waterproof, yada, yada, yada. He said, I got a friend who has a massive stack of three quarter inch four by eight sheet OSB. And I think it's waterproof. I said, oh, okay. How much, he, how much is he wanting that for? He said, you can take out however many as you want. And I thought I heard him wrong. So I had to ask him again. He said, no, seriously, he just has too much of it. He wants to get rid of it. What? So I have a stack of three quarter inch four by eight sheets. You better you better lock your doors after <laughs> you're putting this public. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, they'll be on the walls by the time this is up. 
But um, yeah, holy buckets. That saved me a lot Th of money. Probably thousands. Yes. Probably thousands. I mean, this is the wood that you put. On, it's, a, it's actually subflooring. Uh, oh, geez. So this is water treated, yeah. pressed board, good stuff. It's like Adventech, I think is the name of it. So it's, it's in its tongue and groove. Like this stuff is, I, I would never go that high to like whatever price that it actually is. I even looked it up, but I know it's probably reaching $90 a, a sheet. So thank you so, <laughs> so much <laughs> to, uh, Jim Wills for, uh, leading me to that. And, uh, he even said there's more where that came from. I guess the guy that it came from, uh, as a tent, he pop ups, he does the pop up tents and, oh, yeah. or like, you know, the graduation tent. So he's super crazy busy. Well, he was at an event and there was like this ice hockey rink thing, but it wasn't ice. It was just like it was a, a rink, but you can like skate on it, but it wasn't ice. So I wasn't really sure. Maybe like just roller, like, a, like roller blades. Or yeah, what? like maybe a slick surface or you had some kind of okay, special yeah, shoes or something. Yeah. Well, this was the subfloor at this like event, this whatever he was at. So all of those were were spread out on the ground, or I, I'm imagining. And that company just said, hey, would you like these? We're not going to take them with us. He's like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was my holy buckets moment. I just, yeah, that's that's nuts. I can't. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, good deal though. I mean, that's great for your project. Pays no people. How uh, how many pins you think you're gonna have in the barn? Uh, starting with four. Uh, we're we're stair stepping this deal. Um, yeah. I, I'm getting. I mean, a, it's it's big enough. Quadruple that. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, but yeah. you know, I'm thinking it's not all going to be just show pins. We're going to have to, you know, throw a fairing room up in there somewhere uh, before uh -huh. we build on. You know, it's a it's a it's a multi year process. But getting them custom made um, by uh, a, a good breeder here in Ohio. He is a full time like pipeline welder and is doing an amazing job. He's make custom making absolutely everything. He's been sending me pictures of how I want my latches made and yeah, big time. If if anybody who knows me knows how picky I am, mm -hmm. yeah, they, these are be what kind, of, what kind of latches are you doing? These would be good. Uh so it's kind of hard to explain. They are if you were hold if you pull the latch completely out, it would look like mm -hmm. a pea. But it's huh. it's a it's big enough to fit your whole fist through and it's just like a drop rod system, but it doesn't come all the way up. It kind of stops and it's super easy to I wanted something no, with kidding. future kids you know, something yeah, where easy. all they had to do is just pop it up and go. Yep. And super low to the ground. I didn't want the drop rod, you know, like you had to even a, and I'm not very tall, but I always have to yank it clear over my head. To, mm -hmm. And then you have to line up the holes right. And you're spending four, five, six, seven minutes just to get the stupid thing lined up and you end up throwing the rod. And yeah. So yeah, they're really slick drop rod deals. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Kind of looks like a P and the drop rod just kind of slips down in there. So that was huh. all his creative idea. Is it is it like on a uh, is it on a spring or no? It's it's free. It's free deal. See, I thought springs might be a little tough for uh -huh. for little little ones. Little one, yeah. but it's those drop rods aren't you know they're durable enough where you can put a sow or a bore in there, uh, and it won't come all the way up because it has a stopper deal on it. Another thing I, I had custom done was these pins aren't lagged to the wall. I, I'd prefer them be deadbolted to the, to the concrete. 
So they have mm-hmm. like a little foot on the bottom with four holes and you and you lag the, the concrete to the concrete because you can put those anywhere. Like even if right. I like say I wanted to redo that barn and how hopefully a long time or never. But if I wanted to use those for like an end of an alleyway or, you know, somewhere else, I can put those absolutely anywhere as long as it's a solid surface. So, that, yeah, that was one of that's my nice like that i do like the freestanding systems if you, if you need it to be yeah i assume that all the latches are going to come in together so even if you didn't want to bolt it to the ground you didn't have to right i would assume yeah well probably i mean they, they would be a little top heavy uh because oh, gotcha. I, I did i did get them i think you know 36 inches or 38 inches whatever however oh, nice. tall they are but uh yeah i'm pumped. vertical or horizontal oh bars? definitely vertical Nice. I could buy miles and miles. I was gonna shame. I was gonna publicly shame you if you got horizontal bars. I could have bought a million and two of the horizontal because it like if you look at Stookies or Days. Oh, they're they're old. Yeah, they're they're the old style finishing barn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was in a hurry, up on them and bust a bust a pad or hurt a dewclaw, I'm out. I've got I've got everything. We're getting waters hooked up. Got windows in finally. Shout out to Nate Smith, Slippery Nate. Remember that story? Oh, Slippery Nate, yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's a big carpenter. He's building his own house from scratch. So he came over on Sunday, put windows in. I I, I got a lot of good people around me, man. I was gonna say you you are doing like a fifteen twenty thousand dollar project and probably less than half that. Yeah. Now, nice. if anybody else wants to be included on next week's Holy Buckets moment, if they have a massive stack of ribbed metal. <laughs> okay because <laughs> yeah. i will take that and i will give you a massive shout <laughs> yeah all right trevor needs some corrugated tin who's gonna be the person to jump on <laughs> uh, uh man that's funny yeah uh that's good though i'm excited for you it sounds like a fun project yep got the and, uh, got the least guilt's coming back soon i'm pumped for it yeah yeah well um my uh my turn i guess for the holy buckets moment i judged a show in georgia this past weekend uh the georgia club lamb association uh georgia born and bred show oh yeah did you see uh alan johnson i did no i did not and so he his show was uh friday night so they they flew back on saturday i didn't get into late saturday my plan was to get there a little sooner but traffic in atlanta was just miserable and you know how that goes. So mm-hmm. I got in late, got me a steak at uh, Longhorn, and then went to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get, I did get to see uh, a fellow sheep breeder, Nathan Hawes. He judged the show Saturday, uh, which was like the I can't remember what they call it, Summer Showdown or something. Anyway, um, but yeah, so that was a that was a fun show. I think there was there was, I mean, not crazy numbers, just you know for being just a state bread show is kind of kind of neat. They had uh, I think about 170 or 180 head there. Mm. Um, it was webcasted, not on Walton, I would say, but it was webcasted. Um, they had so the champion drive was way different than any championship drive I've ever witnessed in my entire life. So there was, uh, six divisions. There's a hair sheep, uh, White face cross. There was uh what was the other one? Hair sheep, 
white face cross, natural, and then three divisions of crossbreds. Okay. So they pull out. So I did a top five in every single division. So top five hair sheep wow. all the way through crossbreds. And um, so when they did the grand drive, they shut all the lights off. By the way, I'm judging this show at the uh, Georgia National Fairgrounds where they host NJSA Southeast Regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, great facility. Love it. And so that's where it's at. If you've ever been there, so you set up the scene completely dark. They shut the lights off. And they throw a spotlight on. And the whole time, by the way, I'm judging the show, not even just the Grand Drive, but the whole show. They are playing some really good tunes. I mean, we started hot with like ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne. Dang. Got into some, got into some Texas country. Then we went 90s country. Then we went Disney, and I don't. I think the Disney thing really came in when we were on like the the young age group of showmanship. That's cool. Uh, so we got through some like Under the Sea and a whole new world, and maybe even some Frozen tunes in there. Uh, but then they kicked it right back up when the older kids uh, came in that first class of of uh, hair sheep, and I think we were we were playing uh, playing some Cody Johnson. So it was all over the board for music, which is kind of my flavor. Uh-huh. I, I like to mix it up and. I was pretty jazzed up really. And I mean, moving around the ring, but so anyways, mind you, so we get to the grand drive. Okay. Then they, they, they play the final countdown. Of course. Everybody everybody knows. Uh, So light shut off. They throw a spotlight coming through the head gate. And this, this gal gets on the mic and she is just pumping everybody up. Like you're at a pep rally in high school, getting ready to go and play your crosstown rivals. I mean, she was getting after it. So not only did they bring in the champion and reserve of each division, okay, which would be 12 head if you consider six divisions, champion and reserve, they pulled out all five, top five of each division because I was picking a top five overall. I could have went five deep in the hair sheep if they would have let me, but I I didn't, okay? (laughs) I didn't, just so everybody knows. Did not. But so there was 35 sheep out there in this ring lined up, stacked up, and they did this cool grand drive intro um, for every kid and, and all that. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen at a show, you know, obviously at a, at a large facility, but didn't have, it's not like there was five or 600 head of sheep there. It was 180 or 170. Yeah. Um, which I mean, decent size show, but it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's not a, a big deal, mm-hmm. but it was a big deal. And then uh, so I was like, holy buckets, this is, this is crazy. I can't, I can't believe how many sheep they just pulled out here, but I'm like, it's kind of cool. I mean, I've never seen it before. Kind of like it kind of different. Um, they gave away for their grand and reserve market lamb grand got to pick what they wanted, but reserve got the, got the other one. They gave away two packages for the grand drive, uh, champion and reserve overall that included one of them included a brand new sheep treadmill, uh, a show box a boxel blower, a fan, a blanket, and a suitcase. Holy cow. Okay. That was your that was your champion. The reserve got everything else, uh, all of the, those same things, but replaced the treadmill with a sheep walker. So uh, like a six head sheep walker. It was I'm just thinking like holy buckets. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought. And so anyway, that was my holy buckets moment Whoa. last week. Yes, I love that when they amp up, like it doesn't matter the size of the show, like when they put that much effort into making it that memorable, like that is wicked awesome. I mean, 
It was cool. And I will say I was a I was a little surprised at how well the sheep handled the carpet. Yeah. You know, you see pigs down there on the carpet, you kind of know what to expect. You know, some of them think it, the surface is kind of weird. All the sheep, besides maybe one or two, didn't seem to mind the surface. I was more interested to see how they would brace and stick on it because, yeah. you know, with that kind of carpet, are they going to slip or whatever? But it, I don't know what kind of carpet they got down in there. Anybody from Georgia listening and you know the brand of carpet, I would take some for the show barn because that stuff is neat. Yeah. Anyway. I never really thought about that because I, I know so, some hogs even kind of slip on it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So holy buckets, no kidding. 35 head of sheep in there. And then you could win a treadmill or a walker in the, the whole was, package. That's why. Yeah. The package. Well, and then the third overall got, uh, got a set of clipper blade, like brand new cordless clipper blades and Sheesh. a show box and a blower and uh, not a blower, but a uh, fan and suitcase, some other stuff, but it was, it was pretty gnarly. And you know, and each division winner, get this. I mean, these awards, holy buckets, these awards they were giving out was just that's what I'm wild. Saying. They were giving out for, if you won your division, you got a single headstand weaver, like single headstand um, deal. It says, I mean, those things are like 400 bucks yeah, or something Let's have dumb some like crazy that. Crazy good sponsors. Dude. And, and they said uh, their sponsor of the treadmill and the Walker um, like gave them, uh, either the treadmill or the walker, I can't remember. And then they had enough sponsorship money that they could pay for the other one. Dang, themselves. that is so cool. So, yeah. We need to yeah, get them pretty, on. I know. Pretty wild. Huh. That is definitely yeah. a Holy Buckets moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Good cheap, too. Good deal. Good, Good trip. Um, yeah. So, the hotline is still on. Um, and we need more Breedem Shipham Shomes, though. Uh, I thought we had more breed and ship. We got several um, shout outs and we've got several uh, dad jokes, which yep. are good, but we do need more breed and ship and shows. We have one to this week that we're going to do. Um, yeah. And don't, don't be nervous about sending them in. If you've been sitting here thinking like, man, I really need to call in there. I've got this cool breed and ship and show them that I think maybe people would like, but I just, I'm a little nervous to call it in. Called in. Yeah. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Trevor and I sound like morons half the time on this show, so I can't form. You can't words. do much worse than us. Yeah, and I've had, and we're, we're on a podcast every week. So, hotline yeah. number is two three four three two zero zero four five seven. That's two three four three two zero zero four five seven. It's still unsponsored too. If you are a business or an individual and you want to sponsor this magnificent segment that we have called Breedem Ship and Show, which is now a call in session. It's all yours for a price. Give us a call or send us an email. So let's see what we got this week for our Breedem Ship Them Show. Hey, fellas, this is Chris. I'm out here in Oregon. I got a Breedem Ship Them Show Them for you. So here it is. You got three Rams, three bucks. First one is absolutely elite, game changer, phenotypically. But from a genetic standpoint, no, no name, not from any specific breeder that's ever been heard of, but phenotypically, dude is legit. Number two, big time genetic piece. Bullseye drops the mic, has everything in his pedigree, phenotypically, very average, very common. And number three, 
really, really good, above average. Ram, drop the mic on burn. Looks really, really good. Has some good genetics, but he bleeds CD. Breed them, ship them, show them. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, Corey. And it's a sheep one this time. We don't have very many sheep breed them, yeah. ship them, show them. No, we don't. Uh, we kind of make some of the open-ended ones, or I do, make yeah. them sheep-related. Yep. Uh, but this one's kind of fun. This one's kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. All What's right. What's your thoughts? So um, I have problems with the DD sheep. Uh, main Now, hey, we all know that I'm no shepherd, but... You are, you are not. That's correct. There's a lot of guesswork there. And if you if you hear my breeding ship shows in the past, I'm not in on guesswork. Like we've had the this questionable marking one. I don't want to sleep at night or not sleep at night thinking, oh man, is that da, 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 da. so that that that's a red flag in this in this whole deal. Um so within that, I love to go out and look at good livestock every day. So I don't care who raised them or where they come from, good livestock is good livestock. So I am breeding and keeping that no-namer because I want to look at good livestock every day. Fair enough. And that may, that may put that no-namer breeder on the map, and that would make me feel good. Um, so that means I'm going to show the genetic giant, the one that... Uh, I believe was uh, drop the mic, burn bullseye. Bullseye, yeah, drop the mic, bullseye. Bullseye. Well, there was a burn, but I think that was the DD. There was, yes, yep. Okay, so that's the one I'm showing because he's going to get some attention. Uh, There'll there'll be some circles for his sure genetic potential. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we can feed that one to look a little better. But so here's my question: You gonna cut him and show him, or you gonna show him? As a buck. Oh, boy, that's a good one. Um, so I'm thinking if he looks, maybe this is a wrong thought, but if he looks like an okay buck, does he look like a really good weather? <sighs> See, sometimes, I don't know, probably, I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no, because usually it's the ones that you should keep as bucks that are like really good weathers. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. So, yeah. I'm, I, Sometimes well, you keep the average looking bucks because you know their genetics. Well, that's true, I guess. That's true. I'm just saying. I'm not telling Hank you what to do. I'm just telling you that that may or may not help you decide if you want to show them as weather or show them as a buck. Well, and true. Then run them, and then run them through a sale. I, I, off the top of my head, I was thinking, okay, we keep the seeds in that one because strictly the way he's bred. Oh, yeah. Just mm-hmm. genetic giant. So... That's where I was at. We'll show that one. Hopefully bring some cash of somebody who knows knows the, the background of that one. I'm shipping the DD. That's just makes me sleep better at night, I guess. Fair enough. Okay. <clears throat> I have a different I have a different take. Not not that yours was bad. I'm not saying yours well, was bad at all, Trev. You know. Hey, listen, you you could have been a shepherd in another life. I don't know. I guess I'm the the size to to reach the point of the shoulder to brace them, but past that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, here's the deal. Here's what we're doing. We are going to uh, ship the average-looking genetic giant. That's what I'm doing. 
I'm sending them down the road. If they don't look good, I don't want to feed them. Uh, maybe they have good genetics, but eh, forget about it. They make a bunch. And if the, and there's another option in here that intrigues me a little bit. I'm going to show the phenotypically awesome sheep that has no name behind them. So I can go win a show for those people. And then, uh, and so I'm going to cut them and I'm going to show him the mm. weather. And then I'm going to go and uh, make as much social media splash as I can for that family in hopes that they maybe can uh, sell some higher dollar sheep to get a name for themselves. That's so that's what we're doing there. And then I am going to take the phenotypically great and genetically awesome sheep. That's DD. And I am going to breed him. I'm going to find the genetic pieces he's going to work on. If I ever had one like that in my barn, I would go get all my use tested. I'd breed him to every clean you I could. I'd breed him to every FD sheep that looked like late maturity, big kind of youthful looking sheep. I would breed that to him and hopes that the 25% chance I get an FD that, you know, that happens. So that's where we're at there. That's that's what I'm doing. All right. Well, that's that's a different I'm, take, and that's that's okay. I yeah. There are probably way more people that agree with you than me, but that's that's the way. That I don't know. There's some people out there that are scared of DD sheep, and uh, I'm just saying I have seen some DD sheep. There have been some very good ones that uh, you know before we knew about the dwarf gene um, for three or four years were siring major show champions and they were dwarfs. Um, I could name a few, but I, for the sake of this may or may not want, want that out there that they're DD. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they do, but uh, there's some telling you, they, they sired champions and they did it. So I'm not worried about it. So breed one, breed the DD ship one. See you later. Average looking good yeah. bread one showing the good looking one with no name behind it. All right. I, I got a lot of faith in the family. I must be, I just. Hey, that's fine. Know, that's happened you know. before too. So, I mean, that also is a little bit of a pig guy mentality, but usually like usually those pigs have good genetics behind them. You know, those like, yeah, right. Out of nowhere, $25,000 boars that sell or something or a $10,000 guilt that comes out. Just nobody knows who these people are. Uh, but usually, you know, the genetics, so. Yep. I like but I'm not saying it hasn't happened, so. Be good. I like. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we haven't heard from your brother in a while. And he, he no. stopped by. And I, I would like to play that because I love a sense of humor. And I love your brother, too. But here he is. Hey, Stock Talk. It's Tanner Edge here again. Uh, because I love the hotline and I love Corey and Trevor and the Soft Talk podcast. So I'm going to jump on here as many times as I can. Uh, and today I'm going to sing you a song. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I cannot sing at all. Uh, so that won't be happening. Uh, but I do want to tell you a, a, a little something. I did just get a new horse. I named it mayo and sometimes mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I hope everybody uh, has a great week. Uh, enjoy the podcast. 
and learn something new and um, just go out and take care of yourself, take care of the ones around you, and uh, I'll talk to you guys sometime soon. Adios. I love it. I freaking love it. <laughs> uh, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we didn't blow out anybody's eardrums. <laughs> oh man, we're having fun here. I honestly, uh, um, I mean, I honestly, there for a second thought he did buy a horse. I'm like, dude, we talked like just recently. I figured that would be something you'd tell me, but <laughs> mayo. Sometimes mayonnaise. Oh my gosh, we love it, guys. If you've got a dad joke, or if you want to call in, or breed them, ship them, show them. 234-320-0457. Save us in your phone is stock the weird talk. guys on Stock Talk. I don't care. That's Whatever. right. The big guy and the short guy. Oh, yeah. John Cena and the big show. That's where we, we tried to pull that in a while ago. Uh, yeah, I know. So. It, didn't, it didn't really work like I thought it was going to. Yeah, no. Not not enough WWE I've never I've never had a single person besides... Our old buddy Moo Moo called me the big show <laughs> since then. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Quick break in the action, folks. We need to tell you about Tarbell Marketing and Design. We tell you about it every single week. And if you haven't by now, you need to go ahead and do it. Go to choosetmd.com and just search the amazing work he's done. His portfolio is enormous. The people he works with are amazing, high-end companies, and you can be one of them. If you need a Snapchat filter made, a new logo, a Facebook post, or you want your whole marketing scheme done, you got to do it with Tarbell Marketing and Design. Go to choosetmd.com today and book your next consultation with Jace Tarbell. Uh, well, uh, Trevor, let's, uh, let's bring the folks into the show like we normally do. Uh, listen, you're, you're, you're going to listen to a couple guys that have a few opinions about some things we're going to talk about a really a pair of topics that and we might finger off of here and there uh but listen these guys uh started a podcast about two years ago the first livestock podcast in the livestock industry one of them's a big guy one of them's a sheep guy that likes to think he's multi-species um here we go let's jump into it uh here is Stock Talk podcast version of Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Well, Trevor, welcome to uh, Stock Talk. Hey, thanks for having me, Corey. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, glad to have you on. Uh, it's uh, It's been a long time coming, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> god we're idiots people uh, are like all right next yeah yeah all right well okay so you texted me this week mm -hmm. and you're like dude we need to talk about this on the podcast it's getting ridiculous and uh what you mentioned uh boy it's something something that speaks true near and dear to my heart and and not because you know i feel like anybody that shows at the county fair um, that has shown outside of the county fair, maybe jackpot or state fair, or whatever. You understand that uh, sometimes county fair rules get made and put in place because, uh, well, quite honestly, sometimes people just suck. And uh, <laughs> if you do well and you win, 
They want to try to make rules so that you don't do well and win. But in all reality, they are just widening the playing field even more uh, in some cases. So, Trevor, uh, why did you why did you text me what you texted me? Okay, I want to start this by saying county fairs are extremely important to the show stock industry. I truly believe that. Yes. They are the hardest to win. Uh, I remember Kevin went talking about a survey that they did on showpig.com and they listed about 10 shows. Nine of them were majors. One of them was your county fair. Your county fair was their favorite show by a landslide. It's home base. Yeah. They did another one too. That was like, uh, what show do you want to win the most? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. What show do you want to win the most? County Fair is number one. Yes, by far. So I, I want to preface this whole conversation by saying county fairs are very, very, very important to the show stock industry. Love and I, I think every kid should have the county fair experience, whether they get the purple banner or not. I think it's incredible. It's the atmosphere the humidity in the air, the de- smell of diesel and the truck pulls, everything. County fair is awesome. Corn dogs. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all all good. There are some freaking problems going on. <laughs> See, and you live in a state where your fair rules are slightly different anyways, especially in the pig show side. Like yeah. you've got a lot of terminal county fairs. And over in Indiana, ours are slightly different, but we're also run by um Purdue University who like God bless you boilermakers out there and and all of the people that that have attended Purdue know this they kind of suck at running shows I'm just gonna say that and I feel like most people would agree Purdue stepped away from the county affairs system not a whole lot of people would be upset continue what you were saying stupid things are happening yeah stupid things are happening and really like uh I'm used to you know an Ohio Grain and reserves, and it, it have to have to be terminal um, most of the time. Some some county fairs, all of them are terminal. So I'm used to that. Like if we uh, from in Fayette County, where I'm from, that was usually two weeks before the state fair. So we had to play that game of like, I know this one's got a chance at the county fair, but do we save them for two weeks to build them up for state fair? Because if mm-hmm. he wins the county, he can't go to state fair. So I'm kind of used to that. That's not even the rules we're talking about. That's I'm kind of used to that. But yes, it is different. Um, I also want to preface this by saying, um, if you are a senior fair board member in your state, in your county, uh, wherever you are, um, you're probably hearing a lot of the same things. This is not a specific to the area kind of thing because we have, I have a lot of friends. We talk to a lot of people. And there's a lot of the same rules going on per se. The more rules that you put into a show, period, I've, you know, with the Buckeye Livestock Expo, we put the big picture rules in there to make sure everybody's safe, to make sure it's a fun deal. But the more rules that you put, the harder and less fun it becomes for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, I want to say it once stop catering to the idiots. When you make a rule and it is for those who don't know what's going on or maybe just inexperienced, how about we help them get to the level where everybody else is at? Instead of saying, oh, we can't, uh, you know, we, 
one of the rules I hear is no wash racks are to be used the day of the show because there's too much water, the drains get plugged, it, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Well, in mid-August, it gets pretty darn hot. And you're, that's a rule to cater to those who really don't know how to m- monitor their animals and keep them cool, and then, and then they just throw them in the wash rack. That's a small rule. Um, I'm climbing up here. I'm stair-stepping this. No, okay. I, I just want to say that if you're on the fair board, have a good discussion about what the rule is you're going to be that is going to be made. The reason I texted you is because there's a county fair here in the Midwest that um, if there is a problem the year before, a rule gets made the next year. No, oh, geez. So if there is a complaint or um, you know, uh, hog gets kicked out for hair being a barely below the level of, of, of acceptance or, you know, if, if there's somebody in the cattle barn that shouldn't be or whatever, and there's a complaint, they make a rule the next year, bang, like that. So instead of addressing the issue with person or people that are causing an issue or people think they're causing an issue, when a complaint is made, they make a rule. And that's when you open up your rule book and there's four bold new rules for these kids to follow. I feel sorry for the person who's just starting in 4-H because there's already 65 rules to follow and it's because there's one complaint every single year. So instead of addressing that person face-to-face saying, hey, I appreciate it, don't do this again, not going to be a big deal. Or if it's not even a problem and it's just a complaint, why make the rule? Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So, all right, I'll, I'll stair step your rules up here one more. Uh, there is a county fair, and I'm not going to say where it is. They made a rule that all pig showmen had to have a neutral colored brush because they somebody complained that there were show teams and they all wore used the same color brush and that the judge was picking their pigs because they had that brush in their hand and he knew where the pigs came from. Guys, judges don't care. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. That's ridiculous. That rule is stupid. That's exactly what I was talking about. If if the same family's winning all the time and there's 10 different judges in that kid's career, do you really think that they go out of their way to ask that judge? Or do you think that judge is going to step in the ring and put his or her whole career at jeopardy for this stupid county fair? Seriously? And they're going to make a rule to try to keep that family from being successful. You know what's so funny is they make these rules and they still win. That's what that, it's mm-hmm. laughable because hard work outdoes everything. So I texted you the other day because I came across uh, a, a county fair that um, had a rule that I just about fell out of my chair. Um, Many of you know I've go to a lot of county fairs. I judge them. I I mentor kids. I'm the I call myself a livestock coach, so on and so forth. I'm there to help folks who want to do good. If you want to pitch faster, if you want to work on your sinker, or if you want to uh, hit uh, above a certain percentage, whatever your skill that you want to get better at, you find a coach that does it better than mom and dad to try to help them. Now, that doesn't mean that coach can sit up there and swing the bat for you, but they can sure tell you how to swing the bat. So this rule uh, that absolutely baffled me starts out by saying 
No professional fitters allowed at the fair. Now, to me, that sounds like, okay. Are they going to check your credentials, your professional fitter credentials at the gate when you come in? No professional groomers are permitted at the fair. That's the, that's the wordage. So this goes so, on. You so how are they going to monitor that? Let's break this down. Because if you come through the gate, what are they going to say? Are they going to ask every person coming to the county fair that day? Hey, uh, are you a professional groomer? What's a no. professional groomer? Yeah, that's not even defined in the rules. Uh, how how do you how do you define a professional groomer? Are they really going to think that they can go back and trace people's month, dollar exchanges? So say we all know this happens in our livestock industry. It's totally fine. We've talked about it on the podcast. It, like you said, if somebody wants to be better at math, they pay a math tutor to teach them how to be better at math. If somebody wants to be better at sports, they pay a uh, a coach or a trainer to help them become a better athlete. If somebody wants to learn how to uh, better their business, what do they do? They pay somebody <laughs> to help consult them into making their business better and stronger. Why is it out of the realm of acceptability in our industry for people to find and ask for help? Isn't that what this is about? And, and honestly, like I understand we, we would rather have people that volunteer their time and their efforts. And, and there's a lot of people that still do that on top of getting a, just a little compensation for their mileage and knowledge. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe that's the wrong opinion to have. I, I feel pretty strongly that it's not like if somebody really wants help they're willing to put in the work, it's not like you're hiring somebody to come out and do everything for you. Now, that also goes on in our industry, and I'm way out on people that just send their livestock somewhere to get worked and fit on, and then they get them back two or three weeks before the show and haul them in. Like, Well, and then it becomes is, obvious that the kid is getting drugged around the ring or has no yeah, idea. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I get that. But that's not what we're talking about here, Trev. They made a rule that no quote-unquote, professional fitters are allowed on the grounds. Not at all. Yep. And like, hey, you know what? If I was the complainer and I saw, um, you know, a few breeders are like, oh, well, he's doing a lot of stuff over there. It's kind of questionable. I think I'm going to go cry to the board about it. Even if I was that person, how about we say they need to stay out of the barn? I could probably get behind that, although – when I go and give high fives and congratulate the kids and check Phil and leave, that's very, very harmless. But at the very, very least, if that's the rule, say, hey, not allowed in the barn, okay, whatever. Still stupid, but not allowed at the fair, seriously. Now we're going to manage who can and cannot come in the gates. All right, one more pause in the action here. If you enjoy high quality photography and you are one of these type of people that does purchase your backdrop picture and happens to post them online. It's very likely that if you attended a major stock show in the last decade, you have discovered that the most quality imagery that you can find comes from the fine folks at legacy livestock imaging. That's right. Charles and Heidi Anderson are still at it and taking over the entire world when it comes to these incredible pictures that they're doing ring shots beyond the ring shots photography sessions that you you come up with it they can do it uh not only do they do this for stock shows but folks your professional businesses and companies could benefit greatly 
by high-quality imaging from Legacy Livestock and their team. Visit LegacyLivestockImaging.com, take a look at their portfolio and galleries, and see what they've come up with. Let's get back to the show, Trev. I, I can go on and on about this, and I, and I really don't want to because county fairs are important. They have a lot to do with the success and the start of every 4-H kid. Um, I can go, I'll tell one more story. There was a county fair that I also heard back in the day that um, there was a group of parents that were really mad about a showman who won consistently. Uh, happened to be in the hog deal uh, where that showman one state or one state fair uh, showmanship and uh, obviously dominated the county fair. And it's not fair that that kid is allowed to participate in shows outside of the county because they're getting extra, uh, extra help. Now, my question is, have you ever done an AU basketball tournament? Because that's the same thing. These jackpot shows are to develop and get better. So you're going to tell that kid that they can't go out and make themselves better. Obviously, this rule was shot down, thank God, because it's so stupid. Oh, it was. It was you shot down. find that out. Oh, geez. But good. just come on. Seriously? Like, this is getting so ridiculous. And if you are on a county fair committee, how about you bring in an outside opinion from Bufu Nowhere, Pennsylvania, or Indiana, or California, or wherever you're located, bring in a third-person party and form a code committee or a rule committee instead of a bunch of show parents and or advisors that are making the rules to try to fabricate it against families who are trying to do their best to do it by the book and be successful without a big old target on their back. Because when it comes down to it, it comes back to the jealousy thing. And it's a bunch of crap. So, you know, you, you read that. I read the rule because you texted it to me. And, and it's and it's across all species, right? So, yep. you know, when you see a fitter, you know, fitters or anything like that, you see that more, I guess, like people, you know, dressing show steers or heifers or whatever. Like, guys, you go to a national show anywhere in the country. Yes, a lot of times you're seeing these these young kids get after it and starting to learn how to fit and that sort of thing and be a part of the team. Other times you don't, and you just see a bunch of guys that have worked their tails off in this industry to learn how to get good at something and make a living doing something that helps a young exhibitor. And I would guarantee you if anybody walked up to a professional, quote unquote, groomer and and brought their kid along that was showing that calf and said, hey, can I sit and watch you and learn? Yeah. They, none of those guys are going to say, get out of my way. Yeah. If they do, then forget about them yeah get them off the team and and so you know i get it and then you got sheep like uh, maybe you have somebody that's pretty good at you know putting putting legs in a position to where they need to be as far as getting them groomed right and i'm just telling you why so the indiana state fair and I, i'm not gonna gonna dive too deep into this one uh, but the Indiana State Fair uh, several years ago made a rule that anybody that is working on livestock in the livestock barns had to be a Indiana resident and 
they had to fill out um, a kind of a credential sheet or whatever mm-hmm. uh, just to validate that they were in the state of Indiana, you know, their resident, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they would get approved and then you could do anything you want. You can go and fit whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Um, they did try to pass a rule that it had to be an immediate family member that could fit on livestock. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong. It actually might be that rule that you, you know, you have to be in a uh, immediate family member in order to work on livestock at the Indiana state fair. I could be wrong there. I don't know. Um, I've never been in a position to where I could hire a crew to come get my stuff ready. But uh, anyway, that's that, that to me though, like, I think you also limit young people's experience as well. Because, you know, we make it about, we say it's about the kids and, and we're teaching kids this, you know, like, from my perspective, you get, you get these families that want to come in and they want to work hard, but they need help. They need, they need somebody to bring them to the next level. Sometimes you see a lot of these show families that win and do well and, and are on a, you know, they have somebody help them out. They get to a certain point where they really don't rely on that person, Yep. you know, much after three or four years of working with them Yep. and they start to learn things. Now, maybe you help pick out their projects or you help them go find ones that they need. But like, as far as the care and feeding and, and stuff like that, like there gets to a point where they learn enough from you to be competitive that, Hey, they can take things on their own. You know, some of the responsibilities or uh, things of the, you know, making decisions, I guess really. Cause I mean, it's not like you're going out there every day right. and feeding their pigs Yeah, and you're not going every day and walking their pigs. And you're not showing up to the county fair and feeding their pigs for them or making sure they have water or giving them a bath or anything like that. Like, what are we doing, folks? Those kids would kill me if I touched their animals. Like, it's their project. And like, yeah. I am the coach. I am there to monitor. If you have questions, let me know. I, I, I'm way busier this year than ever. Like, we do a lot of virtual things all over the country or all over the state with a lot of families that I'm helping. And it still works. And I hope this doesn't feel like a big old uh, just county fair sucks session because I truly, I, I, I want county fairs to exist, but take your pride out of it and just step back. It's so th- hard. Yeah, just step back and think about it. I mean, when you're developing rules, does that really make sense? No professional fitters at, permitted at the fair. Seriously. And... I, I honestly, it baffles me, but if you're on, if you're on the fair board, really think about it, go back and reevaluate those codes and how many of them go directly against a certain kind of person instead of gathering the group as a whole to develop a rule that makes it better experience for all. If we're really trying to level the playing field there, let's try that instead of making the idiots try to f- Form a, um, a rule and a guideline for those who just don't care. It's just, it, it struck a bell with me. So uh, trust me, rules have to be in place. There has to be guidelines. I, I'm fully aware of that. I'm not saying burn your rule book by any stretch of the imagination. We have to right. follow them. 
but stop making stupid ones just to cater to dumb people. That's all. Ugh. That's all. That's all we're asking. Yep. Shouldn't shouldn't be much, really. Shouldn't be much. I would say too, like I would echo your comments about the county fair being the best place to really kind of start kids. I also think it's a great place to start judges as well. Yeah. And let's let's make let's not make dumb rules that are hard for young evaluators to step into a ring and try to comprehend before they get there. I'm telling you, there's been a couple shows that I that I went to starting out that said, you know, hey, just make sure when such and such breed comes in that you look at this and this and make sure that when um you know you select your champions that they are you know at this weight range or whatever and i'm sitting here thinking like first of all i was not taught to pick a weight i was taught to pick good stock the best one yeah uh second of all like hey I'm not here to make this, the decisions on breed standards or anything like that. You guys should have taken care of that before I got here. And uh, I'm just going to pick what I like. So yep. you're going to deal with that after the show, I guess. Yep. Exactly. Um, crazy thing to me. Almost could have been a holy buckets moment. Um, we had a sheep just won a county fair a couple days ago. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, but great. Funny thing is, Okay. So I didn't go, but my dad went and he, uh, the, uh, market lamb show just got over and dad grabbed the judge who happens to be somebody that we know very well. Uh, we sell our sheep on his platform. I'll just give you that much information. Um, and dad walked up, he said, Hey, you want to come over here real quick? Uh, they get about 15 minute break before showmanship starts want to snag a picture so that this weather can get back to his pen and cool off and whatever. Yep. Sure. Walks over there. And as soon as he starts to head that way, somebody will not name any names walked up and said, Nope, you cannot do this right now. You cannot take pictures. We need to start showmanship. Mind you, they just said they were taking a break after mm-hmm. the market lamp show 15 minutes. And the uh, guy says, okay, sounds good. And uh, walks back and stands in the ring by himself for 15 minutes. Yeah. Drinking the water. Yeah. And just stuff like that, you know, like, and that was, that was a case of somebody uh, later that we found out, um, you know, going up and, and saying that, you know, we were, it was one of those, Oh, you pay the judge kind of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, the, you know, the judge and um, one of those, kind of situations yeah. and, and i'm probably leaving out the worst the worst part of all of this is those kids are witnessing all these parents fighting like kids oh, and man. you know like when they start hearing the oh my gosh what rule is that like when when we all start talking about it and get frustrated with it the kids are like standing there with their eyes wide open like i don't even know what i'm supposed to do now so yeah kids that are listening just show your animals do your absolute best do the right thing at all times don't ask any questions you know, it's what you do and nobody's looking to find your character. So keep your character strong. So yep. I, I, I don't want this whole thing to think like, oh, let's, we all need professional groomers. Go find you somebody to fit your animals. And, you know, 
Yeah. Trust no, me. Not there the is case. there is way, way, way more folks who do it right than the small minority that screw it up for the rest of us. And hey, put a nail in the coffin. Happy County Fair season. Good luck to everybody. It is. But it is happy county fair season, I will say. I, I enjoy this season as much as anything. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, um, we're gonna jump right in to a segment we call Drop the Mic. Now, we don't have a guest, but you told me that you have a magnificent Drop the Mic, and we have a ma- magnificent sponsor for our segment, Drop the Mic. This is Levi Richards with Kalmbach Feeds and Formula Champion Show Feeds. When it comes time to wean those young calves and get them ready for fall sales, lean on Formula Champion's Show Calf Accelerator. This moderate-fat, high-fiber feed will put significant body and bloom on those babies, ultimately increasing dollars in your pocket and happier customers at the end of the day. This medicated feed also contains a high level of Optifirm XL for superior gut health and feed conversion. For more information, go to www.formulaofchampions or find Formula of Champions on all major social media platforms. And don't forget, you can accelerate your sale average with Showcalf Accelerator. So we just talked about county fairs. And maybe some of the negative things that they bring, but there's some really positive things that county fairs bring to the table. They allow kids an opportunity to interact and spend some time during the summer, not indoors and playing video games and whatever else these kids do nowadays. Sheesh. <laughs> whatever. So uh, let me say this. I, uh, I sorted a county fair on, uh, on Tuesday, which was yesterday. You guys are listening on the uh, on the Wednesdays that these come out, and just about done with the show. Okay, got got pretty much everything done. We're we're in senior showmanship, and something terrible happens. Um, a elderly woman in the stands has some sort of an episode. Oh boy, uh, still had not heard what happened, but she. Um, essentially was in bad enough shape that they had to call an ambulance out there. Mm. And so we stopped senior showmanship about halfway through um, and uh, just kind of let the EMTs do their thing. Um, and they, they got her out of there. And I had never um, seen anything like this at a county show before, really at any show that I've been to. And it was kind of strange to be in the ring when that happened. And uh, what do you do? You know, do you sit and play on your phone and wait? Do you stand silent respectfully and watch uh, or is watching respectful? You know, I I don't know. I was in a weird spot, Um, but something cool happened. So I mentioned a show in Georgia uh, that I judged uh, this past Sunday. Uh, I judged it on a Sunday in the, you know, the crowd um, had a church service kind of thing. Uh, between showmanship and the actual show. So it's neat that our livestock community kind of came together and worshiped our Lord and Savior. Thought mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. And whatever happened um, to that woman at, at the county show on Tuesday, I, I probably will never know. But I had felt just an immense like calling from above that said, hey, Corey, you probably should just say a prayer for this woman. I think it would mean a lot. Um, so I got on the mic after they had uh, loaded her up and put her in the ambulance. I uh, got on the mic. I said, hey, before we 
start showmanship back up if everybody wouldn't mind uh, uh, doing something with me. I said, at the end of the day, people are bigger than livestock. People matter more than what we do here in this show ring. And I said, if you wouldn't mind joining me in prayer. And I said a prayer for her. And it wasn't about me. Like, I, I didn't feel anything that was like, hey, this would, this would look really good for you, Corey. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it was one of those moments where, like, I felt overcome with, hey, she could probably use some prayer in her family that had to sit there and witness what happened. Probably could use just a little comforting right now. This might make them feel better. And uh, so I did. And it was crazy because, you know, as I sat and thought, like, man, we are we are in an industry that allows us to worship freely, to believe um, what we want to believe, but we hold our faith at our roots. And the reason that we do what we do is for raising young people and not necessarily livestock. You hear a lot of judges talk about that in their grand drive speech that, you know, we're raising young people, which is so true. But at the end of the day, we're we are a we are a family of agriculturalists. We are a community of people that uh, rise above things that happen. You know, you talk about some things that happened to some folks in our industry this past year, um, whether that be uh, terrible illness diagnoses or um, people passing away. Like, what do we do as a livestock community? We pray for those people. We come together as a group and we allow ourselves to be second and others to be first, the things that we teach in this, in this business. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop the mic with this. I, uh, I've got a Bible verse from Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. There's some perspective for you. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is fantastic. Holy crap. You didn't tell me the story ahead of time. So I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, that you are so, so right. I mean, the church services that are welcomed at all these livestock events mm-hmm. um, that Walton is a part of, you know, like there's so many opportunities for that. And that is, that is incredible. Hope she's doing yeah. well. But Me too. Man. I do too. Her, uh, that was, it was kind of a shocking deal for me. And I, uh, I don't know for whatever reason. I kind of felt lucky though to be there that that uh, the good Lord just put His hand on my shoulder and say, "Hey, Corey, let's say something for these folks." That's something they'll and never forget it, too. Uh, not, I'll never forget. I'm kind of getting teared up thinking yeah, about it right now. That's all right. That is awesome. That's that's my version of drop the mic. Well, definitely did it. Um, well, uh, we we talked a lot in in this episode, and uh, we told you at the beginning it was uh, going to be maybe controversial, maybe not. But please know that I am not here against county fairs. I love them. Uh, yes. the the kids should should still be the center point of it, and I don't want every per, quote unquote professional groomer out there to take the whip, the halter, the clippers away from these kids. They're there to learn. We we are there to teach them and mentor them, but we can't teach them and mentor them if we're not allowed in the gate. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Also, can I say this? Uh, I don't know. I feel like this needs to be said about county fairs too. For those of you that just like despise the county fair and are jaded by your past experiences of the county fair, I'd encourage you just to take a step back, think about why things happen the way they happen at the county fair, and know that it isn't a kid's fault. It's not your fault. It's not Mm -hmm. the people that actually kind of know what's going on. 
It's not their fault either. It is at the hands of folks that probably have no real business making rules uh, or leading committees. Sometimes these county fair board people are like just somebody that own a, owns a business in a town and they like going to the county fair and they yeah. don't know any better. And so they're just going to go along with whoever's saying this needs to change because of it's hurting our kids. You know, yeah. if they bring, if they bring that into the table, makes things tough. So for those of you that hate on the county fair, remember that we would not have the national livestock shows that we have today. If we did not start at a county fair. Amen. So keep that in the back of your mind. It's okay. If you want to give county fairs a hard time, I understand. I don't mind giving county fairs a hard time myself on occasion, but they are the grassroots of what we do in our livestock industry. And so we have to love on them as much as we can. And if you're one of those people that hates the county fair because of how rules are made, get on the board, run for the board, find somebody that you trust get them involved in your county shows to make them better. And if, if you don't like your, your uh, land grant university running the system and trust me, I've got some great, great friends that know some awesome ag teachers and advisors and, and county agents. Like we're not blessed like Texas is with good county agents all over the place here and there, but there are very good ones that are out there that sometimes have a hard time getting stuff through because they have to work with people that don't know what's going on. So, man, I do love county fair season, though. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, corn dog. Fairs. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a good corn dog and <laughs> lemon shake up. Oh, Master Julian, just thinking about it. I got a, I got a couple. I'm heading west. Wink, wink. Can't wait. Uh-huh. Here we go. Uh, well, uh, I think, I think. What needed to be said is said. Uh, we had a couple other topics, but we're going to can those for, for the next time you and I are on. Um, really, this is a good conversation, buddy. Really love it. And that's welcome. Welcome to Stock Talk, Trevor. Yeah. Glad to have thank you, on. you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, the hotline, I'm sure our hotline will blow up after this one, um, but give us a freedom ship and show them or whatever. Uh, the hotline number is 234 320 0457. Hit us up on our website. We still have hats and T-shirts available, stocktalk-podcast.com. It's been a really good one, and I'm looking forward to the next caps. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, who knows what our Holy Buckets is going to be this week. I have an idea of where it may happen, but, hey, we'll go from there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And share this with the friends who are living under the rock and don't know about Stock Talk. We'll see you next week. I gotta go.